One of the biggest teacher complaints is having too much to do and not enough time in which to do it. I've oversimplified, but you get what I mean. When you leave the classroom and you're in charge of every hour of your day, it can be exhilarating at first. (laughs) But you're not just a tutor now. You're also an entrepreneur in charge of administrative tasks, curriculum design, scheduling, everything. Without systems in place, it can get overwhelming. Keep listening so you can learn about technologies and strategies that you can use to maximize your time as a private tutor. Hello and welcome to Freedom from the Classroom with Keely Raven. I'm your host, Keely Raven, former classroom teacher turned tutoring business owner, making more income while having more impact. And I'm showing you how you can do that too. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get into this episode. This is episode six of Freedom from the Classroom with Keely Raven. I've asked for your feedback about what you'd like to hear about on this podcast. Thank you for your submissions, and please keep them coming. At this point, the most inquiries I've received are about time management. So today, I'll be answering the question, how do you manage your time as a tutor? To start, I think I'll just let you know, it's my opinion that time management is a myth. We're all given the same amount of time, so the management that needs to be done isn't of the time, but instead, it's of ourselves and our priorities in the time that we have. There's another term I recently heard that I like, time optimization, making the best use of the time we have. I'll call it that. (laughs) Time optimization is not just about keeping a calendar or checking off tasks. It's about crafting the life that you've always dreamed of. Have you ever wished you could start your day with meditation or exercise, like a run in the park? Well, as a private tutor, you can do those things. I remember when I first started my business, one of my first decisions was that I was not going to start work before 10 a.m. And I didn't. (laughs) After having to be at school before 8 a.m. for eight years, that was a fun decision to make. Very empowering. But maybe you're a night owl who does your best work when the rest of the world is asleep. That's something you can do too. Being your own boss can be a really awesome thing. The true value of time optimization in the world of private tutoring lies in its ability to transform your day-to-day life. It's about aligning your work with your natural rhythms and priorities. Yes, you'll have tutoring sessions to plan and conduct, administrative tasks to handle, and goals to pursue. But with a thoughtful approach to managing your time, you can do all that and still have time for the other things that you enjoy. Kickball games, trivia nights, world travel, whatever's your pleasure. Here's where the beauty of effective time optimization truly shines. It gives you the freedom to design your days exactly how you want them. If you want to take a midday yoga class to recharge, go ahead and do it. You can arrange your tutoring sessions around that. Do you like to take a nap in the middle of the day or at some other point? Feel free. But how do you get there? It starts with setting clear goals for what you want to achieve, both in your tutoring practice and your personal life. From there, you want to break down your goals into actionable steps and schedule them into your day. 
It's crucial to prioritize tasks based on their impact on your goals and your well-being. This might mean dedicating your prime energy hours to developing engaging lesson plans and using slower parts of your day for admin tasks or personal development. Remember, the aim of time optimization isn't just to make you more productive. It's to make your life more fulfilling. I think a lot of people forget that. And productivity is lovely. But all of this is to live the life that we enjoy. So you're making space for growth, joy, and peace alongside your work. I promised you five ways to take control of your time as a tutor. The first one is to use digital tools. This subject is near and dear to my heart because when I was on Periscope, way back when it existed, (laughs) you may remember it, I don't know, I hosted a Tech Tips Tuesday show where I got to show entrepreneurs various technologies that would help them in their businesses. I'm excited to share some tech tools with you today. They can be absolute lifesavers. One of the most important tools I use is free. Yay. (laughs) It's Google Calendar. I love that it's so easy to use, has powerful features, and allows me to visually organize every aspect of my day. From tutoring sessions to lesson planning to dates with my daughter, I can block out time for whatever I need. And one of my favorite things about it is that I can color code. I don't know. There's something about colors that just keeps me excited. (laughs) But Google Calendar does more than just keep track of appointments. It allows me to set reminders, share my schedule with other people, and even invite students and parents to scheduled meetings, making sure that everybody's on the same page. Another important digital tool for me is Calendly. When I first started my business, Calendly didn't exist. And I remember going back and forth over email about scheduling. And heaven forbid somebody needed to reschedule. Oh my goodness, (laughs) such a pain. Calendly is a lifesaver. It integrates seamlessly with Google Calendar. I use it for scheduling strategy sessions and rescheduling students because it's as simple as sending them my link and leaving the time slot filling to them. The appointment then appears on both our calendars. No conflicts, no stress. Calendly is a paid service, but the good news is there's a free version as well. So as you get started with your business, you can use another quality tool and keep some money in your pocket. There's a third digital tool that I take advantage of as well for my time optimization. It's a paid tool with a free version too. Yay. (laughs) It's called Kanban Flow. It's a project management software similar to Trello and Asana. I feel like it's not as well known as those, but it's my software of choice. It allows me to organize my tasks into boards or lists, making it easy for me to keep track of lesson planning, follow-ups, and any other projects I'm working on. And there is a fourth digital tool that I'm super excited about, that I really enjoy, and that can be lots of fun, and that's ChatGPT. To give you a full picture of the power of ChatGPT, I probably need to do a whole podcast or series on that, but know that it can really help streamline pretty much anything. You just need to nail down the prompts that will get you what you need. So there's a bit of a learning curve, but what you get in the end is totally worth it. In embracing these digital tools, I've found not just efficiency, but also peace of mind. It's about more than just keeping a schedule. It's about creating a workflow that supports your goals enriches your tutoring practice, and allows you to live the life that you love. So I'm just going to go ahead and encourage you to explore these tools 
And if there's others you want to look into, by all means, take a gander. (laughs) Find what works for you and watch as they transform the way you optimize your time, run your business and protect your well-being. The second way for you to take control of your time is mastering prioritization. You've probably heard this before. The art of prioritization is recognizing the difference between what's urgent and what's important. It's easy to fall into the trap of reacting to every request or task as if they're all equally critical. But in reality, they're just not. (laughs) If you ever have trouble prioritizing, the Eisenhower matrix can be a helpful tool for you. Imagine four quadrants. In quadrant one are the tasks that are both urgent and important. They require immediate attention, so you do them now. These are often critical tasks or emergencies that directly relate to your goals or have significant consequences if you don't complete them promptly. Some examples include preparing for upcoming lessons, addressing student or parent concerns, and handling unexpected technological issues. Next door in quadrant two, we have tasks that are important, but not urgent. They're important for achieving long-term goals and require planning and effort to accomplish. They're not urgent, though, so you schedule them for a later time. Examples of these are professional development, financial planning, marketing, and networking. Quadrant three tasks are urgent but not important. They demand immediate attention but do not necessarily contribute to your long-term goals or objectives. These activities can often be delegated. Administrative tasks and minor technical issues are among quadrant three tasks. And the tasks in quadrant four are neither urgent nor important. They are activities that offer little to no value and should be minimized or eliminated. This quadrant includes time wasters, distractions, and activities that do not contribute to your goals, like overchecking email or social media, excessive TV watching, lengthy personal calls and texts during work hours, or other forms of procrastination. To get started, I recommend creating a list at the beginning of each day and or week. Write down everything you believe needs to get done. Then take a step back and evaluate each task based on its potential impact. Use the Eisenhower matrix and place each item from your list into the appropriate quadrant. And then do what you're supposed to do in that quadrant. Do, schedule, delegate, or eliminate. Alternatively, you could just ask yourself, will this task bring me closer to my goals? If the answer is yes, it's a priority. If it's a no or maybe, it's probably something that can wait or be delegated. The third way for you to take control of your time is to set clear boundaries. This is where many of us, especially in the service-oriented field of tutoring, struggle. We want to be available, accommodating, and supportive to our students and their families. However, without clear boundaries, we risk overextending ourselves, leading to burnout and diminishing the quality of our work. Already been there in the classroom, don't need to go there in private tutoring. All I had decided when I got started was that I wouldn't work before 10 a.m. I didn't have a particular end time or specific days off. I was enjoying myself, so I didn't burn out, but eventually I'm sure I would have if I didn't make the changes that I made. Setting boundaries starts with deciding on your tutoring hours. 
Be clear with yourself about when you're willing to work and when you're not. These hours should reflect your own personal rhythm. Like, are you a morning person? Are you a night owl? And then they should also accommodate your life outside of tutoring because you're a whole person, not just a tutor. I know that may be a hard concept to really embrace because in the classroom, many of us are just treated as though teaching is what we are. When you get your freedom from the classroom and you're out there doing your own thing, you get to actually be a whole person and you don't even have to feel guilty about it. Once you've established your schedule, communicate it clearly to your students and their families. It also helps to clearly communicate it with your family. And remember, it's okay to say no. This is something that also can be challenging, especially when you want to support your students and grow your business. My beginning days as a tutor are definitely the example of how not to set boundaries and how to be on the path to burnout. Fortunately, I curbed that. (laughs) But I do remember that people would ask me all kinds of things and I would almost always say yes. Can you come over Sunday night? Yes. Can you stay late? Yes. Can you come over super early on this day? Yes. That's just not really healthy. Just like any other business that has set hours, you should have yours. It's just part of protecting your time, which helps you be kinder to yourself and a better tutor for your students. Saying no to requests that fall outside your boundaries is crucial for maintaining your well-being and ensuring you can give the best of yourself to each student. Protecting your time means you're not only looking out for yourself, but also ensuring that you can provide high-quality, focused attention to your students when you're working. This control allows you to give generously of yourself in the hours you do work and enjoy your life outside of tutoring to the fullest. It's a balance, but it's absolutely achievable. The fourth way that you can take control of your time as a tutor is through automation and delegation. Taking advantage of these concepts can significantly reduce your workload and your stress. We talked about how Calendly can revolutionize scheduling, but there are other tasks like invoicing and payments that you can automate as a tutor. Tools like QuickBooks, PayPal, or Stripe offer automated invoicing systems that can send out invoices, process payments, and even send reminders for overdue payments. This not only saves time, but also ensures a steady, predictable cash flow, all while minimizing the awkwardness of chasing down payments. A lot of tutors like TutorBird because you can use it to keep track of student information, and it has a calendar, and you can integrate other softwares like PayPal and Stripe to collect payments as well. And when we think about delegation... As tutors, we often wear every hat in our business, from marketing to accounting. But then as we grow, it becomes really important to delegate tasks that don't necessarily require our personal touch. Think about delegating the things that don't light you up, the things that don't use your zone of genius, and only focusing on the things that you get excited about and where your particular set of skills (laughs) is required. See what I did there? If you know, you know. Delegation isn't about shirking responsibilities. It's about focusing your energy on tasks that benefit most from your expertise and passion. Consider hiring a virtual assistant, a VA. That person can do things like manage emails, update your website, or even handle some of your marketing efforts. The key here is to delegate the tasks that are necessary, but not necessarily the best use of your time as the face and brain of your tutoring practice. 
Even delegating personal tasks like housekeeping can help optimize your time. If you don't love it, remember, you don't have to do it. And the fifth way to take control of your time as a tutor is to have breaks and reviews. This topic is something often overlooked, but is absolutely critical for our success and well-being. In the midst of tutoring, lesson planning, and managing a business, it's easy to fall into the trap of nonstop work. Trust me, I've done it, and it's not a good look. We need to recognize that taking regular breaks isn't a luxury. It's a necessity for our brains and bodies. One method you can use to ensure that you get regular breaks throughout your day is the Pomodoro Technique. It's a great method to structure these breaks. You work for 10 minutes and then take a five-minute break. The pauses, the five minutes, are not just about stepping away from work. They're opportunities to refresh and reset, allowing our brains to absorb and process information more effectively. Please know, though, that this technique is flexible. It doesn't have to be 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off. Maybe you're better, like 40 minutes on, 10 minutes off, or something like that. You're still in charge, and you get to decide. The key principle is consistent work followed by a short break. And they have apps for that. And just so you know, the breaks aren't just about short intervals during your workday. It's also about longer breaks, like lunch breaks and downtime in your evenings. And yes, days off. You don't have to hustle hard all the time to make this work. These longer breaks are vital for deep recovery enabling us to return to our tutoring with renewed energy and perspective. It's during these times that our subconscious can make connections and insights that we might miss if we work, 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 work. Is that Rihanna? Anywho, I need to talk about weekly reviews now. (laughs) There's a lot of power in reflection, and you can reflect on a daily and or a weekly basis. This practice is about taking a deliberate pause to look back at what we've accomplished, what challenges we faced, and how we can improve. Use your reviews to celebrate successes, no matter how small, and to learn from your experiences. During the reviews, you want to ask yourself a few key questions. What goals did I achieve today or this week? What tasks took more time than I anticipated? Which time optimization strategies worked well and which didn't? How did I feel throughout the week? Was I stressed? Was I feeling balanced or in harmony? Was I overwhelmed? This reflection isn't really about making judgments of ourselves. It's about understanding our patterns and learning how to adjust for better results and greater well-being. To make the most of these reviews, it's helpful to keep a journal or a document just where you track your reflections. Over time, what you'll start to see are patterns that emerge that can guide you in making effective changes to your tutoring practice and your optimization strategies. Maybe you'll discover that you're most productive in the mornings or that certain types of tasks consistently take longer than you think they will. Using this insight, you can adjust your scheduling habits, set more realistic expectations, and explore new strategies to enhance your efficiency as well as your satisfaction. So as we draw today's episode to a close, I want to take a moment to reflect on what we just talked about. We've explored the world of time optimization, not as a mere series of strategies and tools, but as a profound practice of self-care and intentionality in both our professional and personal lives. Time optimization, as we've discovered, transcends the simple act of organizing tasks and adhering to schedules. 
It's a holistic approach to crafting a life that resonates with our deepest values and aspirations. It's about aligning our daily actions with our long-term goals, ensuring that each day brings us a step closer to the life we envision for ourselves. It's in the choices we make every day, choosing to prioritize tasks that align with our goals, setting boundaries to protect our time and energy, and embracing tools and techniques that enhance our efficiency. These choices enable us to create a life that is not only productive, but also deeply fulfilling. So I encourage you to take what we've discussed today and apply it with intention and compassion. Compassion for your students, of course, but also for yourself. Allow yourself the grace to experiment with different strategies, to learn from each experience, and to continually refine your approach to time optimization. As you move forward, remember that the ultimate goal is not to fill every moment with activity, but to ensure that the activities we choose to fill our time with are meaningful, rewarding, and conducive to the life we aspire to live. I've learned a lot in this tutoring journey, but I'm also aware that I'm not finished. So I'm still working on these things too. But together, we can be some highly productive, very fulfilled individuals. Thank you for joining me today. If today's message resonated with you, please share this episode with a friend or colleague who could use some inspiration and practical advice. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you're so inclined. Your feedback helps us grow and reach more educators like you, dedicated to making a difference. And if you don't have it, go ahead and grab my ultimate tutor checklist. Key actions smart teachers must take to build a money-making tutoring business. Get it now at bit.ly slash ultimate tutor checklist. That is B-I-T dot L-Y slash ultimate tutor checklist. Thanks again for being here and I can't wait to talk to you next time.